Hello, everybody out there listening, letting this thing penetrate your ear holes deep into the oral pathways that go straight into your brain. So thanks for letting me uh, put shit in your brain, I guess, huh? <laughs> so, let's talk about the stigma of drugs, the stigma of mental health. And how many times those two things go hand in hand. Let's talk about that today. Cue the intro music I don't have yet. Pausing just in case I have it later. Possibly, probably not. Okay, good enough. So, let's talk about my personal experience here a little bit before getting into this. Just a second here, I gotta adjust something. There we go. So, I want to talk about my personal experience with drugs and mental health issues. Um, and how certain drugs, besides pharmaceuticals, have helped me through the mental shit. Um, so, little background here. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me mention my brain surgery stuff before. Um, coming up here in August, this August of 2021 will be four years since I've had the brain surgery. Um, I'd be dead by now. And if I wasn't somehow dead by now, I'd be very, very close to death. I would be probably at the end of the long, agonizing process that it would have been for the tumor in my growing into my brain stem to kill me. There's a lot of weird mental things, a lot of weird emotional things that go along with uh, an experience like that. There's a lot of things that I, it's just it's difficult me for for me to explain. Mainly because there's certain specific emotions that have been brought to the surface with me during that whole experience of the time leading up to the surgery to the time basically till now <laughs> ever since after the, there's these strange emotions they become intense i don't know what to call them i don't think the english language has words for a, like a lot of these emotions um i've found some words in other languages usually usually um dead languages <laughs> that have words that are close but still not quite explaining it um something tells me if we found some ancient uh some of these ancient languages maybe some of the ancient uh the ancient Mesoamerican cultures or something like that. I, something tells me that they probably had some words for these emotions, but we don't know what language they spoke, so that's that. But I digress. So anyway, I always get to a point. As I record this, this is mid-June of 2021, and like I said, in August will be four years after the surgery. I usually hit a point, at, in the summertime, 
usually about midsummer. It's usually it's usually more like July when it starts to hit. But every single goddamn year, I get into this weird headspace that again I can't really explain. Other than it definitely, there are definitely some things going on that seem to be the effects of PTSD, among other feelings, other mental things. And it's a challenging time of year, and I've come to accept that every summer will probably become challenging that way, and it's a, it's a difficult thing. It's the best way I can explain it. Um, like give it a, a just a little overview and of ex- explanation of it or whatever, like a blanket explanation to it. I guess you could say the best way I can do that is it's like mourning a loved one, but you're mourning yourself and you're still alive. Going through an experience like that was a life-changing experience. And it brought out new aspects of me that I didn't know were there. But at the same time, it's, it's, um, it's kind of killed a lot of old aspects of my personality. And it really does feel like I'm mourning those older aspects just and when I realize that I don't need those certain aspects anymore I need the new ones but it's still those old ones were a part of me for such a long time that it's hard to let go like in a lot of ways it it feels like a part of yourself died which is what needed to be done. It needed, like the old parts needed to die to bring on the new. But it's it's still it can be sad at times. It can be it can be just really I don't know. It, it's like mourning and going through steps of grief with it. Still all these years later. And it, and it's kind of like when people talk tell you about like the death of a loved one or someone that's really been close to you, like a very close friend or something, that they, 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 it is said that it doesn't get easier with time. It's just you can deal with it easier as time goes on. And I find that is very true. And as this happens every summer... And it's uh, it's starting early this year for some reason. It started early last year too, and I know that was because of pandemic shit. So uh, I guess it still is pandemic shit. But it's kind of been one of those things that I started to notice that the post-brain surgery weird feelings have become like that. Um, because... Um, what was I saying? I'm sorry, brain surgery moment. Something about mourning, oh shit, mourning, uh, mourning aspects of yourself. 
Oh, and mourning loved ones. And as um as as this get uh, this is difficult to record this, but I'm doing it. I'm putting it out. I'm not re-recording this shit like I do with most of these episodes. I'm just I'm getting through it. Whatever. Feels like that's what needs to be done. So I'm doing it. So as these feelings get hard, like they come back every year. And they're not any less strong than they were, say, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But I do gain more coping methods. I do get better at knowing what to do about the feelings. So where it really doesn't get any easier and the feelings don't get any less... I become better at dealing with them. And one of the ways that I dealt with these feelings was basically through a lot of marijuana and a lot of meditation. I found that smoking marijuana, like a lot, like India yogi amounts of marijuana smoking, and then meditating, realizing that meditation and marijuana goes together in a lot of Eastern cultures. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> the old pot opens you up to a lot of things, I tell you what. Especially in high doses of it. Especially in edible form. And... And, um... I just thought about this thing that happened. I, I'll save it for another time because it's a long story, but... It was before my surgery, and it was um, when I it was when I came to terms with my own mortality. Is basically what it was, and it was a few days before the surgery, and I was high as bird shit on a kite. I was beyond that, actually. I was I was on the moon, actually. No, I was beyond the moon. I was probably on one of Jupiter's moons that night, and I remember laying down in my bed to meditate, and. I fell asleep or I went into a trance, I can't really tell, but it was like a dream, a very vivid dream, but it also felt like a mushroom trip or something like that, and I went to this place I like to call the vast black realm, it's like a sort of purgatory, it's just, it's just this other place that my being has gone to on different psychedelics. It's been there in dreams. It's been there in lots of different ways. And it's just this this place of nothingness. And this time that I went to the vast black realm, um, I, I started meeting all these different entities that started appearing in the, in the nothingness. And um, I realized they were like spiritual manifestations of different aspects of my personality. That's the short part of the story. There's a lot more to that story that probably could be an episode of this podcast in itself. Um, I'll probably wait till that till I start doing the brain surgery series of stories, which uh, I'm probably going to start doing those soon, just because it's that time of year and... I've been waiting for the right time to start doing the brain surgery story, and uh, it's starting to be on my mind a lot again lately, so I figure it's going to be time here soon then to, uh, to start doing those episodes. 
Sue. Anyway, um, meditation and marijuana helped me a lot during and after the process. They still, that combination of things still happens a lot. It happens to help me a lot. And there's something to that. And, and psilocybin has helped me a ton, immensely helped me deal with a lot of the mental trauma, a lot of the strange emotions and all that. Uh, if you don't know what psilocybin is, it's the chemical compound found in cubensis mushrooms and others. Um, it's the chemical that makes you trip in mushrooms. Short. I almost got into a whole thing about that. We're not going to do that. This isn't a science show. Unless you want to hear science, but I'm not really that much of a scientist. And LSD has helped me too. LSD mixed with mushrooms had done some very good things for me the time that I did that. I was in the right mindset. I was at in the right physical setting and took a tab of acid, let it ride, and ate a few grams of mushrooms about an hour later and... It opened up the universe to me. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. That night is a, uh, is a story in itself that should also be its own episode of this. But I digress. I have so many stories. I just gotta tell you all the stories. Someday I'll be an old man with even more stories. Just every time I talk to somebody, I tell stories. I just tell stories and that's how it is. It's just like old man, old man Graham telling all his stories. That's all he does anymore. If he ever talks, he can only tell stories because he's old. And he knows he can't talk so much anymore. He only has limited time for talking, so he must get these stories told. I kind of look forward to being an eccentric old man. Well, I don't kind of. I definitely look forward to it. As long as I can keep myself physically and mentally healthy in old age, I, uh, yeah, I got no problem with living to be over 100. I'm pretty sure I probably will. Um, because a giant barn owl in purgatory told me I'd live to a very old man, be a very old man. But again, I digress. So I've gotten a lot of stigma about my use of psychedelics from certain family members since moving back to my hometown. Because, I don't know, there's the part of me that's like it's none of their business and, and, and that's how they operate too. They're not very open about stuff and they, they just kind of treat things as none of my business. And it's like, well, shit should be your business a little bit maybe you should listen to people's experiences because it would expand your very narrow world view but you don't so fuck off let me live my life they basically act like i'm some sort of drug addict doing hard shit or something because they don't know what the fuck a psychedelics really are i don't fuck around with psychedelics i treat psychedelics with a uh, with a lot of respect, like they're not recreational drugs. They can be in small amounts, but 
I don't tend to take them in small amounts. I like getting blasted off into other parts of the universe because it's there's a lot you can learn about yourself that way. It takes you it, it it just takes you deep within your own mind to the point that it starts expanding within, I guess is the best way. At least that's what it feels like to me a lot of the time. And a lot of people would benefit from that. A lot of people like to tell me a lot of shit about a lot of drugs that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm like, excuse me, but I know you don't know what you're talking about. I've done a ton of research about any drug that's ever entered my system. Especially psychedelics. Don't tell me about... Unless you're like Hamilton Morris or some shit. Or one of my buddies that I know knows a lot more and has a lot more experience. Like, don't fucking tell me about shit then. Like you know what you're talking about because you don't. And if you did more psychedelics, you would realize how little anybody knows anything about anything. Existence is just... The world itself is such a large, vast, confusing place that doesn't make a lot of sense. Let alone the universe and time and space beyond all that. Once you start to see a glimpse of all that, you realize how little anybody knows about anything. And anybody that's trying to tell you they actually know anything. Like, I'm not going to trust the person. I'm always telling people I don't know shit. Because I, I feel like I don't. I've, I don't. It's, it's just impossible to really know much of anything. We can know a lot about earthly things, but that's it. That's as far as it goes. And when you look at all of that, it's nothing. And it just it annoys me when people are like trying to tell me what's up. And it's like, have you seen the things I've seen? Have you gone the places that I've gone? Have you freaked out because you thought you lost your body somewhere along? Yeah, you, you thought you were stuck in some weird point of the spirit spirit world or whatever you want to call it. Uh, have you ever done that and thought you weren't going to come back because you just lost your body somewhere? So you're floating through that and then you're just kind of like come to the acceptance of it's not that bad. And this is probably where we're going to go after we die. And it's probably where we came from after before we were born. You ever gone through anything like that? Don't tell me you know anything about fucking mushrooms or LSD or fucking whatever, Salvia. Who gives a shit? People talk too much about shit anyway. People talk too much about shit that they're unfamiliar with. They... But it's just, it's unfortunate that there's such a stigma on drugs. Because I've been thinking about that. I, I've known, at this point, eight people who have died since last August. Eight friends gone. And the majority have been overdoses and suicides. Sometimes, there had been an overdose and then a suicide happened. And the thing is, that's because people people who use drugs are not bad people. Bad people can use drugs, but the majority of people who are addicts, who are addicted to heroin, who are addicted to anything, they don't want to be addicted. They don't 
they don't want to live the way they're living, but they're good people who are sen- probably sensitive to things, I- I'd say, who are sensitive to things that most people aren't. And that's the reason they do the drugs. They try to numb the pain. Addiction is a hell of a thing. And sometimes addiction goes along with mental health stuff. And that's, that's such an important thing. To keep our mental health intact. There's a lot of talk about physical health. But we just we don't talk about the mental stuff. I look back on my experiences and I am, I'm, I'm fucking amazed that I didn't start using some drug that I shouldn't be using. I, I'm surprised I didn't become an a- addict in some way. I've had my struggles of drinking in the past, but it seems like I've gotten a handle on those at least. It seems like that's probably not going to be much of a problem for me. But I look back on it and it's, just, it's, it's surprise, like sometimes I'm, it's just amazing to me that I didn't become a full-blown alcoholic. Because that's the other thing that pisses me off about the family members, right? They, they didn't give a shit when I was binge drinking all the time. They also probably didn't know the extent it was happening because I was good at hiding it from certain people who I knew would fucking judge me for it. Don't fucking judge people. People are going through shit that you don't know. You don't know their, what they're experiencing. And the thing is, anyone can be any other person if they had the same exact experiences that that person had. It's, it's really what it is. And you can't, judge people like that you can't be hard on people like that and it just pisses me off with my family because there's some heavy drinking going on with some of my relatives that are looked looked very very up on they're looked highly upon and that's fine good people But they black out drinking on a regular basis. That ain't good. They're, they're, they're fucking themselves up. They're slowly killing themselves is what's going on. But yeah, alcohol is fucking poison. And yet marijuana isn't legal here in fucking Wisconsin. Because of our stupid fucking politicians that won't. We keep voting recreational and medical marijuana, but there's certain politicians that just don't want to put it through because they're fucking, I don't know. I guess they didn't—they haven't figured out what kind of money to make off it yet or some shit. I don't know. Maybe they're just authoritarian assholes that realize that certain drugs, can't people can't be controlled. I think that's why psychedelics are illegal in the first place. I think it's because somebody along the line realized that if people take these, you can't control them. So the people with money can't control things because there's less of them 
than people with less without money. The working class is the biggest class. And sometimes it just amazes me that there hasn't been this whole uprising. Workers are knocking down the factory door, threatening to hang the owner of the company. Who sits in a golden fucking tower, living lavishly while those below him work their fucking asses off, work themselves literally to death to ultimately make more money for him. We'll probably get there eventually with the way things are going. There's definitely a shift in society right now with all this pandemic stuff going on. I, I can feel it, especially among the younger generations. There's a realization that things are not working the way they've been, and just because that's how they've been going is not the way they should be. And that change finally needs to be made. That'd be nice because mental health would be dealt with much better in better ways. If people were more understanding, if people were more caring and compassionate of their fellow human beings, maybe we wouldn't have all these fucking shootings every goddamn day somewhere, multiple shootings everywhere in the country every day. Maybe, maybe people wouldn't be committing suicide at the rate they're committing. Maybe people wouldn't have the addiction issues that they would be having. People are just so, people are just fucking understanding. And that's what drives me nuts about being back in my hometown because there's a lot of people who are just not understanding about a lot of things. It's a smaller town, and if you've only lived in smaller towns or if you've never lived in a bigger town, bigger city or anything, there's a lot of shit that you can just easily live and be oblivious to. And then assume that you know shit about things because you never saw this and that. And it's like, well, you don't have to go that far to see this and that. You can drive 45 minutes down the road and start seeing a lot of this and that. Because that's where I lived. Living in that near decade that I did down there in that city is... Uh, it's opened me a lot. I'm not really a city person, but I'm glad I lived in a city. I don't know if I'm done with city living or not. Something tells me I am, but something else tells me mm, I might have to live in a bigger city yet for at least a limited amount of time. I don't know. But the stigma against mental health and addiction in this country are awful. And it should not be a thing. It's, we have to be... It's it's like with all the protests going on, the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. It's about being seen. It's about caring for other people. It's 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 realizing the struggles of others, the struggles of people who don't necessarily look like you, that you're not aware of because they're having a completely different experience in life than you are. 
People like to claim that racism doesn't exist anymore, but it does. It's so alive and well. You just might not see it if you're white. I know I didn't see a lot of it because I'm white. But my eyes have been open to a lot of things. The brain surgery opened me up to a lot of things. It made me more caring and compassionate of people that I probably would have judged in some way. It made me realize that drug addicts aren't bad people. People with mental health issues are not bad people, necessarily. You can have bad people that are addicts with their mental issues. But the majority of people, I think, are good. The majority of people, I think, just are inherently good. I, I really believe that. And I believe that sometimes people do bad things, good people do bad things when they're forced to, when they're stuck in things, when they're in the throes of addiction or mental illness. Just remember, if there's one thing you want to take from this episode, just remember that kindness is not a weakness. It's a strength. Be kind to people. Take care of one another when you can. Take care of yourselves all the time. And I guess with that, I'll just leave it at the old, uh, till next time, good luck and Godspeed.